What's up, Cloud Gamers? Welcome to another episode of CGX Cast. This is episode number 42. It's crazy how many of these we've done, and I keep enjoying every single one of them. So it's fun, and we appreciate you guys being here watching. Uh, we have a special guest today, and we'll get to the panel in a bit. But before we do so, um, this is an your favorite podcast if you guys want to catch this podcast in audio form after it's done uh itunes google um play you should be able to get it there as well spotify as well so make sure you give that a look if that's something you're interested in um every single member on this panel the link is going to be in the description if you guys want to show them support after this you can as well so to get started let's just go over what we're going to be discussing in today's podcast so we're going to be talking about amazon luna the got one game released this week so we'll uh, just talk about that game see if any members here in the panel has played it we're going to be talking about geforce now 17 games came to that platform for this week and they also got a same day release pc uh, pc game which is pretty impressive so we'll talk about that as well We'll talk about xCloud, multiple games released this week for the service. And then we'll get to the shadow news. As you guys know, a lot of changes happening with the price increase to boost and also other changes. So we'll kind of discuss that as well. And then Boosteroid will update you guys quickly on that service too. So that is what we're going to be discussing in today's podcast. We are excited for you guys to again join us here. So let's introduce the panel, see what everyone is up to, and see what game they've been playing and what platform they've been using to play these games. So to get started, let's start with Holtz. How have you been, sir? And what have you been playing? What platform? So the only service I've been using this week is PlayStation Now. I just came off from the Castlevania Netflix show, so I thought to myself, I definitely need to jump in and play some Castlevania, show my friend the ropes of past games. So I tried to look for the anniversary collection and couldn't find it, so I had to jump into Lord of Shadows, which is really good. I love the Baymonts, love all the whole points of Dracula, and my friend was really interested in the series and the likes of the service. And also another game, because we're both anime nerds, we jumped into Jump Force before it actually expired on PlayStation now. So I've just been having a few little button bashing with my favorite anime characters. So Nice. So how has the experience been with PlayStation now? Because some people are saying performance-wise it's gotten better. Some people are saying it's still the same. Well, I've always, had, I've always had a great performance with it, so I can't see any increase or decrease in it. So I'm just having a good time all around with the games I'm playing. Okay. Are you able to notice the 1080p difference? No, I've okay. not really been focusing, to be honest. And this this game, because it's like cell shaded, it just looks good anyway. So, okay. Fair enough. But I've not I've, I've not had no latency with all the button bashing moves that I've been doing. So, okay. Cool to see uh, that you're giving PS Now some love and some tr- a try. So, awesome, awesome. Let's check in with you, GTP. What have you been up to? What have you been playing? What platform, sir? Yeah. So. Some stuff has been taking my time that, you know, is what it is. <laughs> but I would say Saints Row the Third Remastered because I haven't really played that. Seeing that come to GeForce now, I've been yeah. playing uh, that there a good bit. And I forgot how good Saints Row was. I've been having a ton of fun with, with that. And Hood. I just keep going back to Hood when I get time really? on the Series X. Um, even if I'm not that great, I'm getting pretty good. So uh, it depends on the group you have, um, who you're playing with. But, yeah, yeah definitely still loving Hood and... 
I think, for the price is good. I do want to see it go free to play, though, because there's just Truth. there's not enough players on there, and the crossplay is great. But I think free to play, it already has battle passes and whatnot. Right. It'd be great. It's in, every time I come, we do this podcast. I keep telling myself I have to go back and play Hood, um, but I just don't. But I'm glad that you and other members here are enjoying that game. So good stuff, good stuff. How about you, Duncan? What have you been up to? What have you been playing? What platform? I've been up to mischief. No, uh, I have uh, been playing it on my usual everything. Uh, this week, I've done some Triumph 4 on Stadia. Uh, if you haven't played that, definitely go give that a word. And if you get a group really? of mates, yeah, if you get a group of mates playing it as well, it, it just really adds to the experience. What else have I been playing? Oh, I've been playing Child of Light on GFN. Absolutely brilliant game. Uh, if you haven't played that already, I'm, I'm doing an, uh, another playthrough of that. I, I just really love that game. I love the art style. And it's a, it's a JRPG date. So if you want to dip your toe into JRPGs, it's a real, real great one to uh, start playing. What, what other? Oh, I've planned, been playing Mass Effect as well on GFN, uh, or not GFN, on, say. <laughs> on, on, X, on Xbox. And I've been playing a bit of Sea of Thieves on XCloud as well. I've actually just came off playing uh, some CFAs where we had like 20 skulls on our ship and uh, we were panicking because we were getting surrounded by all the boats and we thought we were going to get sunk again. So we were panicking. So we're just bombed across the outpost uh, just to to cash them all in. So uh, I've been having some great fun playing games this week. That's awesome. So, uh, Curry, I haven't played Sea of Thieves, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. So from what I understand with that game, you pretty much like in a boat with a lot of your friends, right? So in a way, it's like you're doing missions together and that's what makes it exciting, correct? Yeah, it's a game you do, you don't probably, you probably wouldn't want to play by yourself, but if you you can team up with people, do randomers online, but the best thing to do is get a couple of your mates and just have some fun with it. I still haven't the Scooby-Doo what I'm meant to be doing in the game, but I'm just still <laughs> going around in the ship and having, having fun and uh, just doing all the quests. We're, we're, we've just discovered the big quests, so we're trying to do some of the, the, the multi-step quests, which are a bit more hidden. If the, the game doesn't hold your hand. You have to go... Uh, explain it or it doesn't go holding your hand explain what you have to do it just goes there you go it's, they give you a, a very brief tutorial and then you're just set on your merry way just to go exploring i really really enjoy it wow i maybe one time when you play man shoot me up because i do have x cloud so shoot me like an invite definitely would love to join you and experience that game for sure sounds like fun sounds like fun <laughs> It definitely is. All right, cool, cool. How about you, Hell Monkey? What have you been up to? What have you been playing? What platform? Uh, well, I finished um, Naya Replicant on Boosteroid. You beat uh, it. Well, when I say I beat it, I finished ending A. There's still loads more to do, uh, which I've now realized. Um, and I'm looking forward to a cheeky little achievement that I found out you get. It's um, I don't know if I should stream it or not. Um, but I, sh- I shared the video. I-, I think I'll share it on Twitter later as well. Actually. It's quite funny. Um, yeah. Like Duncan, I actually jumped into Sea of Thieves. It's, uh, see, because it's got the touch controls on Game Pass oh, yeah. uh, on your Android. Um, but I keep getting, my own teammates keep shooting me and killing me. I think it's because, <laughs> I think it's because I'm still at such like a low you, level. 
I keep getting paired up with people that are like a higher level and I think they just look at this noob and like, nah, we don't need you. They sail away without me and everything, man. Absolute. Yeah, Scot- insert Scotch language here. Um, uh, can, can you really blame them, to be fair? No, to be fair, I've got no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> um, Apart from that, SnowRunner on xCloud. Um, the game's really good. I, I really like the way the game's set up but I think I'm going to download it for the PC rather than play it on xCloud because it's it's not great. It's really not great. The latency is too much, far too much for the sort of precision driving that you need, but that's right up my street, the, the sort of simulation driving games. Um, and apart from that, just working away on the news. <laughs> it's so interesting that you bring up uh, xCloud performance and how you're looking into starting to download games and playing it that way i started doing that um because i think last podcast i was just talking about my experience with red dead online and how terrible performance wise it was and i'm noticing like i have a pretty good rig in the cloud with max settings and you know shadow and so that's the route i think i'm gonna until they bring the series x blade to the cloud i think i'm gonna go that route as to starting to just download the PC version of Game Pass games and play in the cloud, right? Um, cool. Yeah. It's good to have you on here, Monkey, for sure. So we love to save the best for last, and that is our guest today. Uh, we have Bill from Nerd's Nest. How are you doing today, sir? How's it going, man? Happy good. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Good to have you. So just let uh, the panel and the viewers know what you've been playing, also what platform you've been using to play those games on. Uh, so I've been playing Rise of Slime on the uh, Nintendo Switch. It's a side-scrolling uh, roguelike where you play like this little ball of slime. And the combat is uh, turn-based with cards. So like, you know, you have a hand of cards and you you, you uh, use a card to attack. You use a card to increase your defense, that kind of thing. I've been playing a little bit of that. It's really fun. Uh, you know, Transparency, a buddy of mine made that game. So, uh, you know, it's cool. It, it's about 15 bucks on the Switch. It's really fun. I've been playing Streets of Rage 4. Uh, I, I played through and finished. I mean, I finished it, meaning that I got the, the end credits. I haven't unlocked all of the characters yet, but I've been playing that on my uh, Xbox. And I uh, picked up. A couple of days ago, Mass Effect's Legend, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, on my Series X, and I've been really, really enjoying going back into playing that. Although I've done the the intro to the game like I don't know, like four times, as I'm like, all right, I don't think I want to play a a, a tech. Maybe I'm going to do uh, an <laughs> adept. Okay, maybe I need to be a soldier. You know, I, I'm just having trouble deciding right. which class to go with, which it shouldn't be that big a deal because. You know, in the original, the class system was all based around, uh, you know, you could only use this weapon if you were this class, and that's not the case in the Legendary Edition. It's unlocked for everybody. So I don't know what my problem is, but hopefully I'll figure it out soon and I can actually start progressing. But I'm, I'm enjoying that game as well. That's awesome. Did they do anything different? Like, did they upgrade the FPS count or the visuals for... The oh, everything or... is really? upgraded and good, like, the load times. Like, Duncan, I think you can agree with me on that. The The load times are insanely fast. Like, 
it would it used to be that they would hide the load times behind an elevator so you yeah. would get in the elevator and they would load it and you would sit there and they would hide that by giving you a cool little conversation between the people in your party right. now you can just hit hit the button and skip it and you're you're done you're done with the elevator and it's wow. like instantaneously load loading the frames are fast or the, there's more frames per second there's better resolution and they also updated all of the like a lot of the mechanics in the game as well so it's i don't want to say it's a different game uh because the story is exactly the same yeah. but it's it's a it's it's a much better version of it that's awesome. It's really cool to see them like bringing all these old games back to life and remastering it because those games, as you guys know, game development takes time, it takes effort, it takes money, right? The developers pour their all into it. So the game might be old, but the story is still great. The, uh, the mechanism might be good, right? So just updating some stuff to the modern day era and giving people an opportunity to experience, you know, a great story. I mean, you look at what they did with Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? Um, just giving the new generation um, a way to experience an awesome story. So that's cool that they are doing that with Mass Effect as well. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Bill, good to have you again on the panel. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's get into it. Um Actually, myself, I've been playing uh, a game that I can't talk about. But apart from that, right, uh, overall, uh, this week, I've been playing Stadium mostly. NBA 2K, as you guys know, as uh, a game that I've been playing here and there online-wise. And then Rogue Company and GeForce Now, I saw Chase playing it the other day on his live stream, and I got really jealous, and so I picked that back up, and I'm totally terrible. I just kept dying every time. So I got to get back to, to playing that game more because it's fun. But I'm just so bad at it now. All right. So that's my gaming session uh, this week. But let's get into the news for cloud gaming. We're going to start with Amazon Luna. Uh, one game released for this platform this week. And that is Rogue Heroes Ruins of Tasios. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. That came out this week. It's a one to four player local uh, co-op game, it looks like. I think this is needed uh, for Amazon Luna because, again, there's not a lot of those games that have local multiplayers, right? So just want to know, I know there are people in this panel that still don't have the Luna access. But for those of you guys who have tried this game, what has the experience been with the game? But also for the people who haven't tried it, what are your thoughts about Luna actually getting this game in the Luna Plus uh, channel? So let's get started with you, Duncan. What's your take on this game coming to Luna for this week? It's a, a pretty bonus, uh, just like with being, what happens with GFN. This wasn't actually meant to be coming to Luna this uh, month. Uh, with their monthly update, it wasn't mentioned there as far as I know. So this is uh, an extra. Uh, always good to get more games in. Just adds more value to Luna, which you, which you want. Uh, it's a roguelike. I like roguelikes. I'm addicted to... <laughs> I, I, I love really playing roguelikes because normally they're about an hour or so long and you can just dip in and out, uh, in and out of them. So uh, I, think, I, want, I want to give it a try when Luna eventually makes its way over to these fire shores. 
Hopefully it's not that much longer for you guys because they're doing that whole early access thing for uh, people in UK. But um, yeah, do you think this is a good get for them? I I, uh, I think it's just adding to the library. It's uh, normally I, I would say there's a there's a strong uh, creation with Luna, and you could see where they're going. I haven't actually heard of this game before with yeah. the other games which have been getting added. You can go, yeah, I can understand this one. This one just came completely from right field for me. So any games getting added, Luna is always good because it's in the subscription, so you don't have to buy it. You you can just access it. Yeah, true, true. Okay, good point in that. Thank you for your input. How about you, GTP? I, I saw you make the comparison with this and Zelda, right? Uh, does this remind you of it? And what's your take on Luna again this this week? It's it's certainly um, style wise, sixteen bit Zelda's feel when you play it, but the the game itself is quite different from that i've only put like 30 minutes i didn't get a chance to play it very much uh, i jumped in i was more testing luna on ipad to see how things were working there and uh it was great and as an overall experience that's that's where i put my 30 minutes in on this and it was uh it was running really good good grab for luna good for their subscription model i think we say the same thing when these kind of games come out that they do feel pretty curated and that um they're good decisions for the especially the 599 price point of the luna plus channel right now if you look at the games that are on there that you can play for six bucks a month right now it's it's pretty nutty um yeah they're not all the newest triple a releases yet or anything like that besides the ubisoft channel but the luna plus channel does offer a ton for that 599 yeah it's it's really incredible what you get and, and it looks so far we haven't got uh there hasn't been one game that has been removed from Luna Plus yet, right. correct? Right. So all these games are coming and they're staying for the same price point. It's pretty pretty impressive for sure. How about you, Bill? What's your take on this game coming to Luna this week? I love roguelikes. Uh, they're always incredibly fun. And a multiplayer roguelike on top of that with right. this uh, art direction is absolutely something that I'm interested in. I don't currently subscribe to Luna because most of these games I just am not interested in. They haven't gotten anything that really jumps out at me. Now, if I could say, here you go, Amazon, here's money so that I could buy that game. I would do that, right. but right now I I'm not interested in subscribing to it because then I I can't play it later, uh, and I don't know why I have a a hang up with Luna when I don't have that hang up with with Game Pass. I think it's probably just the the games that are in it, right. uh, but overall I think that this is a good get, and I love the way the game looks, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be googling it to see if it's uh, on what, what, what other platforms it's on. Because it, it, even though I've used Luna and I like it and I think the controller is pretty good, I still I don't like the business model. Huh. But I think this game looks great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Again, we don't always have you on here. Uh, but I do want to, in a way, pick your brain a, a little bit because I feel like our guests that come here, we can learn a lot from them. So just what do you think a good and proper business model should be for Luna? I think that they should do the Luna Plus and okay. the other channels and sell me games. If they if they just said, by the way, you really like CrossCode, mm -hmm. you can buy it. You can give us 
I don't know, 20 bucks. And now that game belongs to you on Luna. I would be much more interested in that. Um, I, I like this, that basically the Stadia business model, right. I think is a better business model. They have the subscription that includes pro games that are never taken away, which seems like, I don't know if, if Luna has committed to never taking those games away. Um, but I, I like the option of being able to buy it so that if I decide I don't want to subscribe anymore, I can still play those games. Okay. I like that. Fair enough. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, how about you, Holtz? What's your take on Luna again, this game? Well, I'm glad it's here for the people who actually like these roguelike or like games. For me, I'm just running a mile for it. I don't actually like that style of play. So this game is not for me and I've never even heard of it in the past before. Okay. So... Do you think, I know it's not your cup of tea, but do you think it's still a good get for the Luna? Yeah, people on the panel seem to like these roguelikes, so I'm glad that it's there for them if they like this type of art style or they like that type of game. Okay, fair enough. GTP, thoughts? We got to you, didn't we? You you did. I wanted to add something to what Bill was saying, though, because uh, he brings up a point that a lot of people do, that they would like that option to purchase games. Yeah. I think that's going to come. And I only say that because we've had this conversation before because they sell expansions for games now on there. So if they were to pull a game and they weren't committed to keeping it on there and they sold you an expansion, that would create a problem. So they're going to have to eventually be able to sell you games if they're going to sell you expansions. So Mm -hmm. I do think that's coming down the road um, when we get closer to either add a beta or shortly after that. Can I can I like I have a question then. Sure. So you're saying that currently they sell expansions yes. on there yes you okay so <laughs> what so, happens when i i bought like four or five expansions to games and then i cancel my subscription do i then have to turn around and buy all of those games after the fact like that seems i don't like that i don't that, like that's, that that's where i think when it does leave beta or it does become a more mature service they've got to sell you those games and give you access to those games even if you don't subscribe to the luna plus channel because you can't in good conscience sell the consumer expansions if you're not then going to down the road be able to sell them that game and allow them to unsubscribe and play it. So I think you're right on, and I think it will happen. It's just not quite there yet. Just an opinion, though. Who knows what they'll do, but I think so. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary to see where you're coming from, Bill, because the truth is if, you know, if we don't know if these games are going to leave the games that they are putting with these expansions. So if you pay for them, and, and Luna's still new, we... It, <laughs> It's like a wait and see type situation, but I would recommend people right now not to, because again, we don't know like what's going to happen with this after beta, because the game might leave. And if you bought the expansion to the game, you might be losing money by doing so. Um, But again, I can't tell you what to do with your money, but me personally, I would not. Um, But yeah. Uh, With the games leaving, there's no games leaving while it's in beta. So as soon as the beta ends, that is when games will leave. They have came out and said during the beta period, new games will leave Luna Plus. Yeah, so they've confirmed. But yeah. even still, after beta, there's still a possibility that the game might leave. So again, your money might <sighs> be going to waste, right? So- yeah, so if I bought an expansion for a game and then beta ends and that game leaves, now yeah. I have to pay more money in order to, if they let you buy it. Let's assume that they let you buy it. Right. Uh, now I suddenly have to pay more money that I didn't expect. That just seems, 
I don't know, scummy. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I agree. It's a wait and see approach with Luna right now, especially with that purchasing DLC content for sure. But I think I, GTP, you were saying that in a way, though, it paints the picture that this possibility that games might be coming to where you can pay for it. Right, the fact that they are allowing purchase of DLC, these yeah, hopes we don't, of... and we don't know if they will. So again, I agree with everybody here that I'm not going to recommend buying expansions on Luna right. until that's clarified. But as as soon as they say, yeah, when we leave beta, you'll be able to purchase whatever games you want and access those regardless. I'll be okay with that. That's fine with me. You can't buy expansions for any game anywhere and not own the game or subscribe to the game. So I don't have a problem if it's leaving and you have to buy it just like Game Pass or something like that. But they will have to clarify it. And right now, I wouldn't buy any DLC until it's clarified. But it does paint that picture that unless it is going to be scummy tactics like Bill says, which it would be, they cannot do that. They cannot sell you DLCs and then not sell you the game. So that's yeah. why I don't think it will happen that way. But we'll see. We'll see. Again, still in beta. Give it time. Um, and if you guys are concerned about losing access to purchased uh, content to DLC, like you heard from most people in this panel, we can tell you what to do with your money, but most of us here would not. Um, but again, I think this is good to bring up just to paint a clear picture as to what's going on in the Luna's uh, ecosystem right now. Cool, but Monkey, we didn't get to you. What what's your take on this game coming to the platform? And yeah, I know you still don't have Luna, but do you think overall this is a good get for the platform? Yeah, it's not exceptional. It's not like a big oh wow, Luna's got this game. It's also not bad either. It's it's a nice little library filler. And uh, just for yourself, Bill, the game is on GeForce now. You can play it on GeForce now. I knew you had seen it somewhere else before. Um yeah, and just listen, I agree with everybody's points here about the expansions. I believe one of the expansions is on Metro, one of the Metro games. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, just be careful with that just right now, just in case it was to leave. I mean, I don't think a game like Metro is going to leave because it's on every other cloud. It's everywhere. <laughs> service anyway, you know, but. The fact that it's not been clarified just yet, what is going to happen if a game does leave and you have expansions to it is a wee bit worrying. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, we're just going to need to play that out. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to drag this beat out for quite a while. I really do. So I don't think we're going to get answers to this for quite some time, unfortunately. Good to know. Thanks for your input, dear. Uh, so that is pretty much all we have for Luna News this week. And the last two weeks, they've been giving us two games. So this week, we only got one, which is kind of a lackluster. Um, but me personally, I'm not a big fan of this game. I'm probably not going to touch it. But I do think, again, something Luna has been doing a good job Wits is just expanding the Luna Plus channel, and this is a good add-on. Again, like I said earlier, we need local multiplayer games, and this is a good fill-in, uh, like we said last week. These games are just doing a good job filling in the Luna Plus channel overall. So before we move on to GFS now, does anyone else have anything else to add to Luna? Go ahead. Monkey. Yeah, sorry, I meant to say... <clears throat> Remember they announced the blog post on April, uh, the end of April. Um, Rogue Heroes was in that, and also so was Trails of Cold Steel 4. So yeah. I kind of expect that to be announced some point next week. Yeah, 
that these two games that yet has released, they gave us a May roadmap, and yeah. those two games. So we know those games are potentially coming next week because May is almost done. So keep an eye out. I think Coastal Four is probably the biggest game that I know they got wonderful one on one this month. But Coastal Four is a game that just released on GeForce Now and Google Stadia like last month. And for that to be a Luna Plus game, meaning you're paying $5.99 and you're getting access to this game for this month is actually pretty impressive. So, yeah, stay tuned to that. We should be talking about that next week here um, because it should be coming. So anyone else want to add to the Luna news? All right. Cool. So let's move to GeForce Now. And guys, I know I've, I've made fun of GeForce Now for the last two months, saying that they've been giving us something I like to call week weeks with the title releases. But lately, I feel like they've been on point. And last week, of course, they announced that they're going to get Biomutant, which is a fantastic game if you guys watch the trailer you're talking about like a breath of the wild horizon zero done devil may cry game all three of those games like put into one that's what that game feels and looks like uh so definitely check out the trailer if you haven't but that was announced last week this week they announced phantom of abyss which is a same day release they're gonna begin same day release as uh, PCs are going to be getting it. So that is just a game on top of the 17 other games that they announced this week. So overall, I feel like they've been doing an incredible job. So I'm just going to quickly list off some of these games and check in with the panel, see if you guys are excited about this, see if you guys pick this up. So SnowRunner, again, this came out on xCloud, was, uh, became available. Sage, Survival, Gloria. Just Die Already, 41 Hours, St. Row, The Third Remastered, Bad North, Beyond Good and Evil, um, Chess Ultra, Groove Coaster, Hearts of Iron 2, Monster Prom, One Shot, Outlast 2, Red Wings, Ace of the Sky, Space Invaders Extreme, Warlock, Master of Arcane, WRC uh, 8. So those are all the games that came out for the GeForce Now platform. Just want to check in with the panel. What are your thoughts on these games? Do you feel like this is a good get for GeForce Now overall? Are you guys like, man, this is another week week for the platform? So to get started, let's start with you, uh, Duncan. What's your take on these 17 games coming to GeForce Now for this week? Uh, it is another solid, solid week for GFM. I think they're just next week is going to be the good, big Good week with Biomutant launching. This is just steady, steady as she goes. Five more day and date releases. We got the announcement of Phantom Abyss. I am not a fan of early access, as people may know, uh, but <laughs> but this uh, has me intrigued, and I may actually go for that. The more I see if it, and the more I like it, and with it being a uh, defaulter game, I think it's going to be. I premiere the access pretty quick. There you go. I've just got into the game, but 
I, I think GFN are just on an absolute rule at the moment. I, I know you haven't been too enamoured with the, the, you know, the games over the last number of months, yes, but I just think it has been... I think I've said it before, I think we're going to get weeks where there's going to be about 10 games you're going to like, and then there's going to be about two or three weeks or two or three months in your case where you're not going to like any of the games. It's just the breadth of the, the number of games, but... I'm liking that there's a lot of epic store games going onto the platform as well. And if you haven't checked it out, go check out the Epic Game Store sale at the moment. There's an absolute ton of GFN games uh, there. You can pick up uh, Death Stranding for $15 and play it on a GFN. Uh, Yes, it's... That's trend yeah. it's only fifteen bucks and you yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'm the can I do a wee plug here? <laughs> Go ahead. If you watch our video, we actually went through the Epic Game Store sale and we picked out the bargains for it. So there you go. But you can pick up uh Death Stranding for fifteen uh dollars uh when you get when you get the coupon. So that would be the headline there. And there is an absolute load of games you can pick up. So if definitely go check out the Epic Game Store sale. Definitely check that out. Thank you for bringing that up. I completely forgot about that. But yeah, it's it's a good way to build up your GeForce Now library for sure. Cool. How about you, Holtz? What's your take on these 17 games coming to the GeForce Now platform? Well, to start off, all I can say is better late than never with um, Saints Row the Third Remastered. It was one game that for over the last few months I've been wondering why it didn't come to GeForce Now when it's been on the likes of Steam and Epic for ages. And it's just it was one of these titles where I didn't understand why GeForce Now didn't reach out to Deep Silver and start saying, well, this would be a great game on our platform to promote ray tracing. So we should work together with the client to try and push this game for our ray tracing list. So I'm really happy that this game is going to come in because I actually own it on my um, Steam library. So getting this synced up, I might actually jump in and try it again. Uh, a game that I was really excited, but I also really thought it was already on there via um, the Ubisoft Connect, and that was Beyond Good and Evil. You know, it's a fan favorite from 2004. I really enjoyed it in the past. I hope this is the HD version. You know, if you want to play a game that's got a bit of everything, action, stealth, dungeon-like from Zelda and, you know, photography modes, this is a game that you definitely need to play. When I was checking the list of this week, one game that I thought was really, really funny, and I've never, ever played a game like this, was Just Die Already. It just sounds so funny getting one of these elderly people from an elderly home to do its bucket list with like these ragdoll mechanics, but it ends up in death because the, the residents choose not to actually die a peaceful death. So I thought that was actually funny. Um, going through the list again, um, I sort of stay away from all the games that I don't like. So Truck Simulator, so we got um, was it Snowrunners, that's a game that I don't want to play. And also um, Sage Survival. I always think this these types of games are always on GeForce now and they're just not for me. So this week I can actually name at least three. But apart from the rest, I think it's quite weak. Wow. Didn't expect that. <laughs> that is something I would say. But okay. So you picked three, which is quite decent, right? But then the rest of the 17 that came uh, in total, you are just not a big fan of. Yeah, and I say, even the games that I just mentioned, like um, Beyond Good and Evil, it's a 2004 game, it's a very old game, it's one that I've played to death, but I'm happy to see for people, if I actually said, because it's the HD version, I would happily recommend it to people. So Okay, fair enough. What do you take on, I don't know if I heard um, you talk about this, Duncan, but Phantom Abyss, 
Them Genda, that's also what's in the news this week. Do you think that's a good get for them overall? Oh, that's me. Yes, I actually like what we're starting to see GFN start to push out these games early that we know they're, they're coming to the platform. We have Biomutant coming next week. We've got yeah. that sniper game coming in June. Now we've got Phantom Abyss. I think we're starting to see uh, GFN maybe push out beyond just being a PC gamers uh, platform. I think we've been talking about that for a while now where they're trying to get uh, everybody on board. Yeah. yeah, and one of the games that I wanted this week, if it actually it got released on PC and it's on Steam, if you want to expand out to gamers like me, I'm like, where's my Shimigami Tenchi 3 Nocturne HD? That's Wait. one game that I wanted, and it didn't deliver this week. And I'm like, I'm talking my head going, GeForce now, please just get Atlas to join your library, will you? I thought you were saying it did release. I was about to be like, what? Where? No, it didn't. This is a game that I wanted. Do you want to expand past all these city builders and simulators and all that okay fair enough how about you gtb let's check in with you what what are your thoughts on these games coming yeah um i think with the roadmap they gave us in the beginning of the month we kind of knew every week was going to be pretty decent that's may was looking good and they're still working behind the scenes to bring these surprises like phantom abyss uh the whole freaking reason why our videos were pushed out to 4 p.m and 9 p.m <laughs> or 9 a.m which was fine but it yeah. changed things up for me it was a little odd um but yeah, SnowRunner for Steam is great because that was an Epic Games exclusive, and if you didn't feel like buying over there and you were waiting for Steam, you can now play that on GFN. It's a great game if you like those kind of driving simulators. And I instantly thought of Holtz with Saints Row because I remember when it was hitting Stadia and not hitting GeForce Now, he was pretty yeah. ticked off. So we've got Saints Row the Third Remastered, and that's for both Epic and Steam. So that was great. Um, Look, you can just see the momentum that's building behind GeForce now. You've seen improvements to the streams, the load times. And I think with that player base uh, going over 10 million, whether it be free or paid, is also getting the attention of more developers thinking, hey, just like Game Pass draws them to want their games on there with over 23 million subscribers, GeForce now is starting to kind of get that pool where they want to get their games over there too. So um, it's good stuff. I think GeForce now is headed in the right direction and it'll be great to see what they do in the future. And I hope the momentum for May can go like all summer. That's what we need. True, true. Good point, GTP. How about you, um, Bill? What's your, what's your take on these 17 games coming to the GeForce now platform this week? So first off, Phantom Abyss, I think looks really, really cool. When when i saw it i was like oh cool it's like a, a cool parkour racing game it looks like and yeah. uh, i like the the aesthetic that they're going for there uh the one that jumps out to me that i'm going to recommend to people because i've played it uh is bad north uh i played that on nintendo switch i believe uh back when it first came out and this is a top down um real-time strategy game where you have like an island and you have to defend your island from the uh hold on my camera's doing a weird thing uh you have to defend your island from these boats that are attacking uh so uh you have an island these boats come on you have to position your uh your armies and your heroes in order to fight them back and then once once you fight them back, you move to another island and you do it a again. And it's all procedurally generated stuff. It's really cool. And it's got a very, very cool art style that I like a lot. So I highly recommend that game. I think a lot of people would enjoy it. 
It looks good. It's the first time really taking a look at it. But yeah, it looks really fun for sure. Cool. All right. Do we get to you, Monkey, under GeForce Now games this week? Uh, no, I'll just give you my thoughts. Um, this sure. Phantom Abyss is absolutely incredible looking. It's right up my street. I get a sort of um, Indiana Jones, sort of Jumanji feel about it. Um, yeah, I'm just, that's going to be a, a day one purchase for me. Uh, definitely check that out. But as for the rest of the games that came, it was a, I think it's a, it's a good week. Um, we got four day and date releases. And um, not every game might be a cup of tea, but 41 hours looks good for me. That's around the £10, $15 uh, price point. It's a first-person shooter, story-driven. It's only going to take you about 20 hours to complete. Um, I think that's sort of decent value. It looks really good. So it does. Um, and, uh, yeah, just constantly filling up the library. Bringing more games from Epic is always a good thing. And um, yeah, I can't, I can't complain. I can't complain. Yeah. Overall, um, with you in this one, I do think that this was a really good week for GFS. Now, there are games on here that I'm not um, going to play a lot of them actually, but I, I do like what they're doing. And I know they watch this here and there. Um, they are having better weeks than their competitors, I would say. Before, I felt like with Judgment, with Outriders, with Resident Evil 7 and 8, the stadium was doing a good job bringing more quality games than GeForce Now. But I have to say, it feels like the last month, the roles has been reversed, where we're seeing some pretty good quality games coming from the GeForce Now side. And the competitors are not, um, specifically Stadia is not, really bring in those that did get Resident Evil 8, but can't complain with that. But Biomutant, guys, stay close to that release this week. I'm telling you, that game is going to do things for this platform. Um, and, yeah, just stay close to the release of that for this week. But, yeah, overall, and I think it was Duncan who was saying this, but something that we're seeing is they're making an announcement of games that are coming. For instance, last week, letting us know that Biomutant is coming. This week, I mean, Phantom Abyss doesn't come out to when? Next month? They're letting us know this early that this game is potentially coming to the platform. And that's something, you know, we've asked them to do. And so, again, kudos to them. They're filling up the library with more quality games, and they're making earlier announcements. So I think overall that's that's good for this platform. Cannot ask for more. Um that's that's the GFS Now news. Anyone else um wanna add to the GFS Now news before we move on to Google Stadia? Okay. So let's talk about Google. So we it's so interesting. Every week I feel like um Stadia gets a lot of attention and i feel like this week it's going to be similar so many things to talk about first uh not first but we have google io i want to talk about that um because if you guys are not too familiar with google ios google's uh, biggest i would say software dev event most companies once a year has they have like this annual event and for google's google io Right, so we're gonna talk about Stadia, 
was it announced there and if not like what does that mean for the platform they had two expansions this week um with gods will fall being one of the expansion and then they had an expansion for outward the three brothers which is currently now available for 20 bucks in google stadia and then they got a new hire and this should say a lot for this platform because when a company is hiring people it means that hopefully they're not shutting the platform down right you wouldn't hire someone if the platform is going under you'd get rid of people so we're going to look into that the social manager her name is I can't say her name, but they just hired a new social marketing manager. So with all the stadium news, just going to open up to the panel. Let's start with um, the two expansions and then we'll go to IO and then we'll talk about the new hire. So again, God's will fall and outwards got expansion. How big is this for the Google Stadia platform? Anyone feel free. Actually, let's start with you, Duncan. What's your take on these two expansion coming to the Google Stadia platform? It's good that they're coming. Uh, it would be more of news if it wasn't coming to the uh, the Stadia. Uh, so this is just them um, ticking along nicely, getting the getting the expansions. Not, not. I think it's just this week's Google Stadia news. Just from the the blog post, there's nothing nothing to see here. We're just ticking along. I think it, I think that's basically for for me this week's Stadia news. Okay, so nothing really exciting, like jump no. out to you. Okay. No, nothing at all, and it's st- still the same old seals and all that sort of carry on. Okay, fair enough. So let me ask you this question then. The fact that they got these two expansion, does that make you, um, like when it comes to the future of the platform, does that make you think that there's still a future, or do you think these were already like ink deal from last year that they're bringing to light this year my opinion still has not changed there has still been nothing to change my opinion on where stadia is going at this time it's uh if the controversy of the of the week with uh, the, the lies of p if that came out and said yes we're 100 percent coming to stadia in 2023 that would have changed my mind well, we actually found out it was an uh, IGN accidentally put Stadia onto that and it caused a big ripple again out there. Uh, but for me, I'm still waiting to see what is happening this time next month. We're a couple of weeks away. If they is coming, I think that is going to tell you the, the health of Stadia going forward. But I think, uh, I'll, I'll just talk January, I think a lot of us uh, are... Even if we think Stadia is going to be around for years to come, I think at this moment in time, there is a definite pivot to where they are going. They are not uh, going after every AAA game and I. They're just trying to get the key ones here and there and use the indies as, as the Stadium thing to say we're constantly getting games. It's I think we're just... In, Steady, trying to steady the ship and maybe reroute the ship to somewhere different from where it was before. They're doing a bit of a pivot and hopefully they are planning for the long term going forward. Okay, fair enough. I'm probably going to get back to you with um, this or just state in general, but I do want to hear from Holtz. What do you take on this week's stadium? 
Well, I thought it was quite lackluster, and it's quite as lackluster on my behalf, is because I don't actually own these games, so these DLCs didn't really interest me. But it's good to see that developers are actually supporting and expanding the life of the games on these servers for people who actually enjoy them. Yeah. Um, with the Google I.O., I didn't tune in. I wasn't expecting anything from this event on Stadia-wise. The games I'm expecting to be announced will be more roughly by the E3 weeks okay. coming. So. Okay, so I am going to bring up E3. That's why I say we'll get back to Duncan. Uh, but let's continue on here. How about you, Bill? What, what's your take on these two games coming? Expansion coming to the Google Stadia platform this week. I don't think that they... For, they, they don't signal or pretend to anything at all. It's just, here's some more stuff. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm not super excited about it. I did end up uh, getting a review copy for God's Will Fall, so I'm going to uh, try that out and see what it's like. Um, but And I'm interested in it. But, you know, you know two expansions, that, yeah. that doesn't really excite very many people. Right. Uh, as far as Google I.O. goes... I don't think it makes any sense for Google to talk about Stadia at Google I.O. I mean, they didn't even call it Google Games. They called it Stadia, which I, I say is a terrible name. Um, but if they if they were going to lump it in with all of the other stuff that they usually do, I don't think that they would have run away from the Google name with it. I think that they want to have it be its own thing. So the only reason it get got talked about at GDC was because they got to get game developers to right. to do that stuff. Um, talking about it at Google I.O., unless they have new hardware, like a new controller or something, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, Because oh. uh, that's a, such a consumer-facing uh, thing, and especially this close to E3, like everybody else was saying. Yeah, true, true. Good point, Bill, good point. GTP, what's your take on these two expansions coming to the Google Stadia platform this week? Um, yeah, so first to address the chat, that is not a horse. That, that is a 100-pound rough collie chasing my son around the deck outside. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on back there. Oh, I did <laughs> He thinks he's lassie, and he just runs around and protects him all the time. Um, yeah, it's nutty. I think he's more the parent than I am. Um, so with Bill's, with everybody's saying the the um, the expansions, eh, eh, it's it's not going to really ex- excite anybody. Um, it is really interesting to me that every time we could get like a single expansion, it opens up the conversation of does this expansion mean Stadia is dying or is it alive? It's like, dude, every single release, it can't be a breakdown of if Stadia is dead or alive. It's it's treading water, looking around, deciding what direction to go, because obviously what they've done since launch hasn't worked out the way they wanted to. That's okay. fine. That happens with new business. But they haven't exactly been able to tell anybody what direction they're going yet. They're going to go some direction. Uh, I, I've agreed with Duncan on a lot of stuff. I've mostly said we won't know till fall, like through the summer stuff, through the fall stuff, really kind of where I think they, they want to head with stadia um i think it becomes something else or or gets refocused to be something else they cannot afford to pay millions of dollars per triple a game and get them all even google will not be able to do that it's too much of a loss on these games while it's really nice of them to bring them it's really expensive 
So while they're building the player base, if they're going to keep Stadia alive and going, um, you know, they're going to have to do it in a different way. And you see them changing up people at the company. You see new hire. Um, you know, you just see some little things happening here and there that I'm just watching really closely because I don't think anyone can say Stadia will be alive and great in the future or they won't be. We're just all kind of watching saying, man, this platform had the best cloud gaming tech I've ever used. What the happened? Like, it's it just isn't getting the traction that it needs. It's not getting the players that it needs. And I think Google's more just treading water, waiting to see what direction to go with it. Um, the expansions aren't super exciting, but they're going to get the expansions. I think most games that are released have some kind of contractual agreement that as the DLC comes out, all platforms get that DLC. It doesn't happen every single time, but for the most part, if you're releasing a game somewhere and you have DLC planned, it's going to drop there. So that would have been prior uh, anyways. Even if Stadia was going to close or rebrand or become something else or refocus, they would still be doing new contracts, right? I mean, they would still be going after new games uh, anyway. Doesn't necessarily mean anything yet, so eh, we'll just have to see what happens with it. It does get frustrating, though, because every release on Stadia is the is Stadia dead conversation, and then Twitter lights up, and then everybody hates each other, and it's just insane. <laughs> sure. So let me ask, well... <laughs> What would tell you that Stadia? I, I think I know your answer. So uh, let's save that because I do want to bring E3 up. So we'll save that. But Monkey, let's check in with you. What What's your take on these two expansions? Yeah, listen, if you enjoy them games, you've got the expansions to, to crackle in with. Um, not my cup of tea. But yeah, they're there. It's good. Nothing to, you know, sing a song and dance about. But one thing that I did pick up on just during the week, which maybe give you an idea of where Google Stadia is going future-wise. Um, Outright Games replied to someone on Twitter saying that they are working to bring several of their games to Stadia as soon as possible, but they can't confirm anything just yet. And um, Outright Games makes the Nickelodeon games, you know, the kids' games like Paw Patrol, um, Ice Age, SpongeBob. and uh, yeah, Jumanji and, and, and things like that. So I think it's good that they're working with them and I'm interested to see what types of games that they, they, they're going to bring over from there because one has already been rated. Um, the Ice Age games have already been rated. But as we've seen, the past games get rated and don't come for quite a while. So we just got we just got to sit back, just wait and see. Um, new hire's good as well. It shows that they're, you know, they're not completely shutting down. Yeah. You know, like, like what some would would imagine that they or seem to think that they're doing. Um can we just gotta wait and see what's what's gonna happen. Let, let's get through the summer, you know, see where we are. Rainbow Six Siege is due, um, along with For Honor and that as well. So we've got that to look forward to. Let's just yeah. have have a have a game. Stay off yeah. Twitter. Stop arguing. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me bring this up because it was touched on especially by uh, Duncan, with E3, right? We know, if you guys are not too familiar, E3 is one of the biggest uh, expo when it comes to gaming events, in the, like, annually, every year, right? This is where I know Sony pulled out, right? They're doing their own thing, but most of the gaming giants are here. You talk about Microsoft, and I believe Nintendo's still here, right? Even though yeah. they sometimes host a little like Nintendo Directs with it, right? They're still here. So this is big. You're going to see EA doing the thing on the side. You're going to see Activision here. 
how big is this for Google Stadia and what would they have to show at this event? First of all, do you expect them to be at this event? Second of all, if they're here, what do they have to show to let you guys know on the panel that things are well with them? So I'm just going to open that up and check in with you guys because that's a question that's still up. People are still wondering where is this platform? Are they still alive? And what needs to be done to tell people that this platform is alive? So I'm going to open it up to Holtz. What's your take on this and Stadia E3? Well, it's not really E3 I really wanted to focus on. It was more of EA Plays, the event that roughly happened before E3, but I usually classify it as the same E3. Yeah. It's the E3 games that are coming to cloud that would really hype me up for cloud going forward. So we're talking about FIFA 2020, maybe a new Battlefield 6, uh, a new Need for Speed. They're the games that would really hype me up. Because when I look at everything else that could come to E3, I know it's probably going to be delayed till 2022. So we're talking about Hogwarts Legacy, Batman Arkham, and, and stuff like that. They're going to be 2022. So the only thing to captivate me at the moment would be EA, EA games. And possibly if I seen the likes of Lost Judgment get announced for Stadia. So come this EA event, like you were saying, it might not be an E3. We know some companies are now doing this stuff on the side, but it's pretty close to E3, right? If they come and they're like, all right, these games are coming, right? Next year, PS5, Xbox One. Are you expecting them to have Stadia on there as well? And if they don't, what does that tell you about Stadia in the future? Well, I think people should step away from E3, and I think people should do their own Nintendo Connects. That's what I think Stadia should do. I think you should step away from the events, wait to see what the competitors are doing, then release the news if they've got actually got any. But even when I look at consoles, I think consoles this year have already announced the big things, Halo Infinite, or we're talking like sort of Red, um, Resident Evil, um, Gran Turismo 7, God of War, it's already been announced, and I think they will all come to 2020. So I think we should, Stadia should actually run with their own connect and announce EA games. Okay. That's, all, that's all I'm expecting. So you're expecting Stadia to host their own connect? Yes. Um, so, okay. And and then you're hoping that in that connect that they do announce the EA games. You're not yes. expecting EA to announce it at their show. No, I think I think it would look good if Stadia partnered with EA and actually brought them over and said, there you go. Let, let EA announce what they have to announce across all platforms and then let Stadia have their little subsection where they announce it and okay. talk about it and even have Let's Plays and demos. Okay, so overall, you're expecting these games coming from EA to have a Stadia-type connection to them, like Stadia on it, like it's coming to Stadia yes. as well. Okay, and that shows you that the platform is alive well they're the games that i would want to you know really hype this platform over i mean i'm already hyped for life is strange true colors you know that's a game that's coming out in september but that's already been announced i've already clicked pre-order so when we're just talking about the e3 what could come out to excite me that would have to be the games i just mentioned for e3 okay. and life is strange is from square enix right mm -hmm. okay so okay cool Cool. Let's let's keep an eye out for that as well. See if EA hosts the event or see if Stadia has a Stadia Connect uh, close to EA or E3 event, right? Let's check in with you, Duncan. What's What does Stadia have to do at E3? First of all, do you think they're going to show? If they do show, what do they have to do to tell you that things are well in their life? Okay, I don't think they will show up. I, I think last year's 
where they were sort of uh, pushed off to the side. And I think Jeff Kiltley was a bit embarrassed uh, of Stadia's showing. If you remember, if they, they weren't part of the ETH, they were part of the yeah. Summer Game Fest. Yeah, and uh, and then the Stadia Connect was there. And then, whoopsies, we're not going to be talking about that. And it was sort of pushed to the side. Uh, for me, if Stadia is going to hold the event, it needs to be something substantial. It needs to be something to get people's eyeballs on it and something to nearly wow wow people because if it's just uh, FIFA getting announced or Madden getting announced, it's not going to move anybody going, oh wow, I have to go on Stadia. So so what do they have to do then? What do they have to show that you think will wow people? We're, unfortunately, if we're going to go back to uh, GTP, it knows where I'm going here, if it's going to be exclusives, exclusive sale platforms. And that is what Stadia need to show off some sort of big exclusive to get people's eyeballs to go there. Because if they're just showing the same stuff as everybody else, it's going to show me a reason why to go to Stadia. So if if they could get a couple of games exclusive, if they can't get exclusive, get some of these games with Stadia exclusive features to make them new again. Like I could talk about Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six, imagine if they do like the three-day event or that event that they did the last time with the wrestler, but to have Rainbow Six Seizure with the esports teams, with Stream Connect, just showing off that game and making it like a brand new game by just adding in the features. For me to show me that uh, Stadia is here and uh, here for at least the short to medium term, it isn't the EA I'm going to be looking at. It is uh, Take Two uh, because I am more worried about uh, them bringing their games. I think FIFA and Madden are safe this year for Stadia. I think they are as much of a lock as you can get in the Stadia in the stadia first i think they are coming battlefield i think that's another ball game there i'm not too sure but fifa and madden i think are safe it is nba 2k and pga 2k uh i think that it could be the bellweller for where stadia are going forward because at this moment in time we we can see that they're not bringing gta 5 to stadia which is a disappointment because that is still selling and selling and selling. And it's actually a big key title for both PlayStation and Xbox for their new, uh, for PlayStation 5 and the Series X. I want to see a number of games with the Stadia logo on it for next year as well. Because as Holtz touched on, there's going to be a number of games pushed back to next year. And if the Stadia logo is there, that will give a little more faith that Stadia is going to be around for the short to medium term. Okay. So you expect in these companies, especially Take-Two, um, to come and announce... Is it Take-Two? Who... <laughs> makes uh nba 2k it's 2k right? 2K. 2k games yep. so you expecting them to come and make an announcement that we're gonna see the sequel to 2k22 on google stadia yeah right. i think that that is going to be the big one for you guys over there in the states because i know that uh, the nba game is an it is absolutely massive for you guys. Yeah. It's it's a bit like us. If FIFA doesn't come, it's going to be going. <laughs> what what's going on there? 
is the sequels, and I'm still really worried that uh, I know you. It doesn't really translate over over to you guys in the states, but F one is a big game, and if that that's an, that is a really really big game, and I uh, I don't I don't think people realize how big it is over in the states. If you go onto the PlayStation Store or go into PlayStation Now and just look at the multiplayer lobbies for play uh, for F one, you scroll down for about 15, 20, 30 seconds, and them lobbies are full. They are twenty odd people and each of these lobbies and it's a really hard time to get into the, the game is massive uh, it, it's these multi multi-year games you have to keep an eye on and if they stop coming that that sort of tells you the strength of the platform so this e3 you expect these companies to come out and say these multi-year games are going to be a thing that's come to stadia and if they do that shows you that they're still alive in this platform and if they don't then that's concerning to you correct yeah yep. again we've got at this moment in time we can say one big massive game has not came to stadia even though it was on uh, the last year's version in football manager football manager is absolutely massive and holtz and hell monkey would agree with that football manager is an absolutely massive game and that has not came to stadia in the, the most recent version if f1 doesn't come and if one of these nba ones or the PGA doesn't come. I think that is going to raise some serious questions. Okay. We'll definitely keep an eye out on that for sure. GTP, let me check in with you. What what do they, first of all, do you think they're going to be E3? Second of all, if they are, what are you expecting them to showcase to make you feel like the platform is still alive? Um, I'm skeptical if they're going to show for that week or not, just due to the performance of the shows last summer, it was abysmal. It was really rough. I remember you and me and chief and everybody getting together all the time for the stadia connects or the summer fest or all of that. And every single time it was over, it was like, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, So while I'm not confident they will, I would love to see it. If you want to be taken seriously by the kind of gamers you're wanting to pull to your platform, you should show up during that week. It doesn't have to be at E3, I think, especially since last year with a lot of the changes. When we say E3, we mean that one to two weeks of insane game news, trailers, gameplays, companies coming out with stuff, Nintendo Directs, huge shows by Microsoft and Sony. Um, that's E3 is this just this time of year now. Um, that we get. And it would really be important um, to me to see them there in some capacity or another. Even if they can't show us a ton of future releases, um, some good messaging and some positive vibes and just uh, some excitement built around what might be going on with Stadia, I think would be really good for the community and a little bit of the confidence. That that for me, um, yeah, I want to see Stadia logos on games. I want to see them going into next spring of 2022. That would build more confidence for me as well. But I want to see more positivity from Google behind their brand of Stadia, and I want to see their confidence in the platform because I've not seen that. Um, In the realm of exclusives, Stadia wanted to launch and be a console competitor. I think we all agree now today that that's not the case. They're, They're not going to be able to do that at least yet. You're not going up against Sony and Microsoft in the console space. But what that created was a console mindset when it came to Stadia. And the truth of the matter is, no console will survive without exclusives. That's bar none. And I have watched 
multiple Stadia hardcore content creators out there um, that I would never name because I don't believe in that kind of stuff, say how important PlayStation and Xbox exclusives are, and without them, they would die. And then in the same breath, same sentence, turn around and say Stadia doesn't need them. Being convenient doesn't mean you don't need exclusives. They promised experiences in the cloud like Holtz has been waiting for, Duncan and others that you would only be able to get from the exclusive games made by Stadia, made by, you know, they just know the tech, they know what to bring. They're going to bring you things no one else could. When that left, that really hurt a lot of confidence in Stadia. Now we're looking at it wondering, where are they going? Are they becoming the AAA platform? Do they want to get all the AAA games? Well, that's not going to work because they've already set the precedent that will pay you so many millions. It's going to be hard to get these companies to come back down to something reasonable, especially without a player base yet as leverage. So there's a ton of issues going on. I don't like when I hear exclusives don't matter. They do. They've mattered for Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft for years. Um, and they matter for Stadia if you're going to be a console in the cloud. So whether you're paying for them or you're making them, I do think that was a big mistake, and I, that, that is the biggest confidence shaker. But if I could see some more Stadia logos and if I could see some positivity and confidence coming out of Google about Stadia so that we could all get excited about it again, that would be enough to get me started. You know, it, everything can, I don't want to say be forgiven. They didn't do something needs to be forgiven for, but they need to rebuild that confidence in a better way that they've been doing it, and they need to have a killer summer. They, they really do if they want to make it. Okay, so real quick, what does that look like to rebuild the confidence? What, what do you expect in your, you were saying you're not expecting apology. So what do they have to do for you or say to rebuild the confidence? Support for future games is, of course, good. Like I'm saying, logos on games. Seeing okay. that is good. Seeing their presence with other game uh, companies at these big times of the year, like E3, like that time, would be a confidence builder because, to me, that would show they were still serious about the platform. There it goes. Um, so, you know, I want to see them at these events. I want to see them knock it out of the park. I want to see some just some real positivity and confidence behind it because it just feels like Google is a little stale or State is a little stale. It's kind of treading a little bit, and they just don't quite know where they want to take it yet. Um, but they, they do have the potential to figure out figure it out and get it, get it rolling. But I, uh, they're just not showing it yet. Cool. Thank you for that, Claire. I'm still here, guys. Again, yeah, you guys exactly. see this happen every week. <laughs> still working at it, promise you. Um, but let's check in with Bill. Um, two questions. Do you feel like State is going to be at E3? And if so, what do they have to do at E3 to show you that the platform's still alive and still going? Well, honestly, I'm not worried about the platform still being alive even a little because the video game industry makes more money than music TV and the film industry combined. True. So Google is never going to walk away from that. They're going to say there's just too much money to be made out there. They're going to, they're going to keep doing whatever they need to keep doing in order to make that money. I don't see them leaving that. Um, just to re re reply to GTP real quick, I'm one of the people that says that exclusives are important for when you're selling a box that goes under a TV. And it's not important when you're about when you're talking about a cloud uh, system, because I can just like if I want to play, let, let's imagine for a second that you could just buy a game on Luna. I could just buy a game on Luna but I could also buy a game on Stadia 
And I can also buy a game on, well, you can't buy one on GFN. I buy it on Steam and play it on GFN. And I could, I could do that. And it doesn't hurt me to, like, I can dabble everywhere because I don't have to invest a bunch of money up front. Selling the exclusive is incredibly important when you have to buy a box in order to, to, to use it. Um, so I am one of those people that say that. And I, so I just disagree with what you're saying now, as far as E3, I almost feel like we all know that Stadia said, all right, forget first party games. The pandemic has shown us that it's too expensive to do this stuff. Let's just throw money at people instead of trying to make our own games. Oh, look, here's a game that would uh, be great on our platform. Let's throw some money at them to get it on our platform. If they do that enough times, eventually they're not going to have to do that anymore because the audience will grow. I said this on a recent episode of Stadia Cast. Stadia in cloud gaming is a slow burn. Like it's not something that has to happen quickly. When you are selling a box that goes under a TV, you have to sell a lot of them and you have to sell a lot of them very quickly because there's a ticking time bomb with that box under the TV. Eventually, it's no longer going to be relevant. Eventually, the hardware in that box is not going to be powerful enough to do what game developers want to do. So when you're talking about a cloud console, that's not the case. They can slowly upgrade things, and they have these blades over here. They have those blades over there. And I think the Xbox is kind of doing that with the X Cloud because they have, you know, right now they've the Series S stuff or the 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 One X stuff, and eventually they're going to go to Series X stuff. So I think it's fine for them to say, "All right, we're we're out of the making our making games business. We're just going to be a place where people can. We're it's just a store. That's that's all it is." Without first-party stuff, I don't think it makes sense for them to host anything at E3. It doesn't make sense to me. I think that what they do instead is they say, all right, well, we'll let the people who make games make the announcements that they're going to make. They've said that a bunch of times. We're not in the business of making those announcements. That's on the, the publishers. The publishers make that decision. And then, you know, you guys were talking about logos. I think that... You're going to end up with too many logos if they talk about all the platforms that it's coming to. You got Xbox Series X, Series S, PS4, Xbox One, PS5, Nintendo Switch, Epic Game Store, Steam. Uh, and then you've got GeForce Now and Luna and all of these different cloud places. So I think what a lot of publishers are going to do is they're going to say, coming to PC, and they're not going to specify which stores, consoles, and cloud. And that also means that there's a little pressure off them because they can just say, well, we said cloud. We didn't say Stadia. We didn't say GeForce Now. We said cloud. So I think a lot of publishers are going to go that direction instead. They'll just say PC, console, and cloud. And uh, we also have to remember that those of you that are expecting big announcements from from Google, remember that right before... um, or like the last big interview that John Justice did, I know he's not there anymore. He moved on to something else, but he said, 
we're done pre-announcing stuff. We've learned our lesson. So I, I just don't see them saying anything at all. They're going to let their partners do the talking. Okay. Thanks for that, Bill. GTP, do you want to send in with that before we get to Monkey? Oh, no, not no. Bill has a lot of good points there. We, we'll disagree on the exclusive thing, but that's no big deal. There's going oh, <laughs> to be plenty of people out there, gamers, that would say, no, if there's no exclusives, I'm not going. There's going to be ones that don't care. Uh, that's part of the great conver conversation that we can have here. I will say that my one of my big concerns for Stadia is that they will lose some of the edge that they've had with the tech and with just how good it works and the convenience because Sony and uh, Microsoft are coming quick on cloud. And when Series X plays go live and whenever Xbox or uh, Sony does their thing live, if they've got all their exclusives in the cloud at 60 FPS or higher uh, day one and all the third-party titles that they get now, which is almost 100% of the releases bar some of the PC stuff, that's going to become an issue when gamers in a year from now or six months from now are deciding which cloud platform to go to when Stadia loses some of that tech and, and definitely the content edge. So I got to see them uh, be able to step that up because once Xbox and Sony are real serious into cloud and we know that's six months to a year away, it's going to change the landscape a good bit and they're going to need to be pivoting to something there. I agree with that. I would say that you know, the only two cloud platforms that I, I can't feel the lag are Luna and uh, Stadia, and they have cloud controllers, and none of the other ones do, and I wish that they would. I wish that GeForce Now would put out a controller, because when I play on GeForce Now, I feel the lag, and I'm pretty lag tolerant. Um, when I play, well, I haven't been able to play on Xbox, because I don't have, like, I just haven't had, I haven't been in the what, what's i don't have an android device so i can't i can't use it um but all of these cloud solutions they need to have a cloud controller in my opinion to to fix for that latency yeah it it helps it helps definitely playing stadium luna with a controller makes a huge difference for sure um monkey what's your take on this well we know Stadia ain't going down the exclusives route, games-wise. So what I want to see then is the exclusive features. Yeah, it'll be good to see the logos, but I completely agree with Bill. Um, and we see it with the new Ubisoft Division game. It just said Cloud Console and PC, didn't it, I believe? Um, well, sorry, it just said Cloud. It didn't specify which platforms or, or platforms. Um, I would like to see a developer or a publisher that's bringing a game to Stadia maybe, you know, next year, a big game, whether it's Take-Two, whether it's EA, whoever, I like to see them do a little feature and say, look, we're bringing this game to Stadia and we've got Stream Connect, Crowdplay, you know, State Share, whatever, and, you know, make a big song and dance about it because you can't get that anywhere else. That's, that's the sort of thing I'd like to see. I don't see them holding anything, you know, oh, look, we've you know, paid X amount and this game's coming to Stadia only, that's that's not going to happen. So let's use the features that they have that the other platforms don't have and put yourself forward and give the consumer a reason to come on board. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So my take on this conversation, and I, I love what everyone had to say about E3 and Stadia's uh, presence here. So... I would think, right, uh, 
there's a lot of shakeup that happened within Google Stadia. New people, some people left, new people came in. And there's still a lot of questions with the journalist about like, what is this platform? What is the future of this platform? Now, it doesn't have to be E3, right? It would be nice. Again, we have Phil Harrison running Google Stadia. And we know he's had experience, you know, with E3. We saw him um, with the PlayStation 3 launch. And we saw him at, with Microsoft at E3. He knows what E3 is. He knows that pretty much it's the Super Bowl of gaming, right? This is where people come, people make announcements, and gamers go crazy. Sony's the king of E3s. Sadly, they pulled out. But E3 is huge. It's important, right? There's a lot of shakeup that happened within Google Stadia. I feel like clarification needs to happen, right? They need to come on and say, okay, this is what Stadia is now. This is our vision. This is where we hope to go. Again, doesn't have to be E3. But I think E3 might be a good platform because they can make that announcement dear. But at the same time, if they have more future announcement of where the platform is going moving forward, they can announce it there again. This is the Super Bowl. A lot of journalists, a lot of people's ears are open to this event. If they want to hype people up for what is to come for this platform in the future, this might be a good place to do it. Take E3 out of the picture. I still think Google should host some kind of event to let the people know with all the changes that happen internally, this is where the platform is heading. This is what we want Google Stadia to look like to be. And this is where we're going with this platform moving forward. Again, it'll be, it'll be good if they do announce something at E3, but Take E3 out is still an announcement that I feel like they need to make. And please do not get a journalist or write an article about it. Come out publicly and let people know what the future of this platform is. That way, us content creators or the journalists can stop with the narrative of this platform is that with one single event, all that can be put to rest. But that's why I stand with it. Um, but again, like I was saying, E3 might be a good place if they want to make noise. The journalist's attention is always there. Um, but that's my take. That's my take. Anyone else want to add to this? If not, we can move on to, let's see, we have Shadow, which is huge right now in the news. Anyone else want to add to Google Stadia before we move on? Cool. So Shadow News and GTP, I'm going to give you the uh, floor in this one because, again, you did the research, you made a news vid. So let the people know what is going on with this platform and uh, let the people know also members after he goes, where do you see this platform? Like, where do you see it going moving forward? Are you guys concerned about it or do you think they can potentially make a solid rebound? So go ahead, GTP. All right, well, first off, shout out to Hell Monkey because your boy over there is who helped me organize my stuff because things were too crazy that day, and so uh, thank you. He definitely helped me get it figured <laughs> out. Um, look, I, I watched the, the Twitch stream, and 
it was funny to watch the chat because I knew things would be so divided with the double price increase boost going from 15 to 30 bucks. Um, also, if you're a European user, you've got, what, 45 and 55 for Ultra and Infinite. They are not expanding that anymore, and they are not rolling it back any. So basically, they're all sold out. If someone cancels Ultra or Infinite, the next person in line gets in, and so on. So they're going to keep what they have. In the States, uh, no Ultra, no Infinite, and it's not coming. That's just people keep asking, when then? Never. That's <laughs> that's gone. It's they're not going to ever make those blades for the U.S. Um, instead, they're going to rely on Boost as the base way to get in and then offer upgrades as add-ons. Now, I don't know what that meant when he said it. I don't 100% understand. You can't just add on RTX to a, a certain blade. So how the logistics of these add-ons are going to work, I don't know. But it was interesting to hear him say that um, storage will still be add-ons. Uh, that's not getting any changes to it. So three bucks a month additional for every 256 gigabytes that you want, which means if you're like me and you've got two of those, um, you're looking at about 38 bucks a month for boost right now for the additional storage that I need. And, and for that, the big question is, well, first off, I think it did help a little bit with some confidence because we do know a lot of us has been speculating the B2B model and a lot of the business to business. They could certainly make more money off of these rigs doing that. And there's still going to be a lot of that happening. They did say before in their business plan, unused shadow boost rigs could be used for business use until a consumer, you know, they're, they're going to funnel these things in two different directions to make more money. And depending on who signed on to that blade, it'll depend on what money they're making for it. Um, so they've got to become profitable. That's the thing. Shadow was like 35 bucks when it released originally. It was never yeah. that low price. Right. When they launched the new tiers last February, the uh, Boost, Ultra, and Infinite, they dropped that price way down, and I never saw it as profitable. And I was right because it only took a few months. By June of last year, they had no way to purchase new equipment, and every customer was a negative, was losing them money. That yeah. is not where you want to be. So for people that don't get that, they had to do this. It was either go under and shut off completely or they needed to do this to kind of start rebuilding Shadow. The question for each person now is the $30 a month still have the value they need. Is it still worth it? For some people, absolutely it will be. And some for some people, it's, it's not going to be. Um, the hardware is old, but if you use it like Duncan, a lot of streaming. He doesn't, it's not going to make that big of a difference. He, you know, is the $30 instead of 15 still worth it for him? We're, I'm hoping he'll give us a, an idea of that because he does use it for streaming a lot. I don't use it for any streaming. I use it for testing games and letting people know how the games run on Boost. Uh, can you stream on Boost? How does that work? work? Uh, I make videos like that to help people if it's going to be good enough for them. Um, but he uses it for streaming a lot. So I want to know uh, if the $30 a month is, is worth it for him. For me... I'll be holding on to it. I think a lot of people will hold on to it for that. If you go shop the competition, while we love maximum settings, we love a bunch of other companies out there, but they're all by the hour. If you yeah. play more than 40 hours a month in gaming, it it's going to get very <laughs> expensive. To find any competitor that's $30 a month unlimited, you're still going to have a lot of issue if you actually go shop around. So while it may sting, if you really go and dig into it and look into it, um, it's still a value. It's something they had to do, and you just got to decide if it's worth it for you. But it does appear Shadow has some kind of future going forward. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you for clarifying all of that and giving us your take on where this platform, where you think it's going to be in the future. Let's check in with you, Holtz. What's your take on Shadow, this news, and where do you see it going in the future? Well, when I seen it go bankrupt, I put a bit of faith in, say, they're going to get out of it. 
but I was a bit skeptical to see which way they're going to get out of it. But I was always worried that they would increase the price because as a consumer, I didn't want the price increase, but I knew it was going to be there. So I set myself a certain price that I was willing to pay, and then they just overshot it. So for me, I cancelled my subscription. I thought my money would be better spent somewhere else. And what was that price point for you that you were willing to pay? Well, I was only thinking about a slight increase, maybe like 10, 25%. It wasn't double. It wasn't double, not by far. Because, But I was willing to pay for Infinite and Ultra. But with me, with that in my mindset, was always annually updates. So if I wanted Shadow Infinite, I always thought I was going to get the best GPUs, the best mm-hmm. hardware going forward. And that's why I believed in the service. Once they rolled it back and said they're not going to upgrade me, that's when I lost faith in the service. So your shadow's done. My shadow's done. It's cancelled. It started a month gone, and now the money that I the money I save now can go towards other subscriptions. It can go for discounted games. It can go for where else, somewhere else. Yeah. So what do they have to do to win you back? They would have to bring annual um, specs that is very competitive with local hardware. Okay, that, that's what we need to do. So going forward, so they would need to bring the faith the 3000 series and then maybe the 3060 ti's and whatever comes out in the next year that's what they do you have to have to invest in the service as a game platform to get me back in okay so they talked about that they do plan on updating the boost uh tier hardware right so if that happens this fall they bring the 3000 series graphics card to it but yet still offer the 30 dollar price point that would be good enough. I see monkey shaking his head. That would be good yeah. enough to get you back. Yeah, but I don't think we're at that price point because in the end, yeah. we just seen the last year, they're losing money, so they wouldn't do it again. Okay. But So just since I have you here, what t- what do you think the boost here um, spec-wise will look like when they upgrade it? Which we know that they said they're going to do. I would say in about 12 months plus, it'll be, the, it'll be low 3,000, so 3,060. Say, um, okay. cards okay. but then by, by that time there'll be better gpus out as well so right right i think they're always going to focus on the lowest entry performance of the, the sort of entry level cards okay and that's would that be good enough for you it's i would have to see where it is in 12 months for the competition and stuff like that because okay. with, with the upgrades of blades on the series uh, cloud the series x or stage it might be increasing i might not need that service anymore Sure. Because all native apps will be on the TV, it'll be through the web applications, so I might actually not need a virtual machine anymore. Okay. And again, we know it's a matter of time, right, before GeForce now upgrades their um, you know, GPU and graphics card. So, all right, good point with that. How about you, Bill? What What's your take on the Shadow News? And also, do you see them, you know, coming back from, from all this negative press? I, I don't see them coming back from this negative press. I think that uh, I never thought that whatever they were doing was going to be profitable. Like right. it's, it was always too low of a price for what they have to throw into it. You look at companies like like Sony. Yeah. The reason Sony can sell a PS5 for $500 is because they're also selling TVs and phones and all of these other things that are more profitable yeah. They can throw away money on a PS5. Microsoft is exactly the same thing. They can throw them throw away money on a Series X because then they can make that money back on the, you know, on Game Pass subscriptions. Sony can make money back on the subscription for um what was it PSN, PSN, you know. 
Shadow can't do that. They're yeah. not a giant conglomerate with 38 branches and hands in everything. Google can do it because they have stupid amounts of money. Oh. Um, GeForce Now, I feel like they can probably do it just because they control that hardware that they are building. Uh, I feel like they have more of a chance and it's also limited to, to gaming, but with shadow, the benefit that you get is okay. I'm paying a subscription for being ax basically just having a windows machine, which is great, but you lose all of the benefits of cloud gaming. Like, when I go to play a game on GeForce Now, I don't have to wait for it to install. I don't have to download it. When I do that on Shadow, I had to install the game. That meant one of the benefits of cloud gaming is gone. I had to sit there and watch the stupid thing count up while it was installing. That That's that's not cool. I, I'm not a fan of that. I think that you know, Shadow, they, they needed to... I feel like any small company is going to fall on their face if they try and do cloud gaming. They just don't have the resources that that Microsoft, Sony, Google, everybody else has. They they don't have those resources. And that's the, that's why I think that the price was too low to begin with and honestly, 30 bucks a month, I think it's probably too low. Wow. I think that 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 price needs to be higher for them to make money. Huh. Nicely said. It's it's quite interesting that you say. I heard someone else saying that too. That thirty dollars is too low for what you get in. But um, yeah, the the community because again they were so used to paying fifteen, they think thirty is too high. But well, I'm not agree. saying that. I'm not saying I want it to be more expensive. Yeah, I'm true. saying if they're going to stay alive, yeah, they need to up that price, especially because it's impossible to get hardware right now. Right, right. So you're saying for them to be profitable, they have to, they should hide the price tag. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. the, it's it's a losing race at this point. They're yeah. better off just using that stuff for farming Bitcoin or something. <laughs> Gosh. That's hilarious. All right, cool. Let's check in with Duncan, man. What's your take on this news? And do you see them coming back from this? I think we are seeing the the push out of. I I'm not going to say who said it, but the push out of. <laughs> I think the, the smiles giving it away there. Uh, the push off the consumer market here. I think this is the the move towards a business model uh, because the thirty dollar. Pr- price point and the 30 pound price point is getting into fun zones if you're using that for gaming and gaming primarily if you can get a series or if you can get access to all access for the series x that is probably better value for you there if it's if you're just going for pure gaming and it's not just for pc game but gaming uh, as a whole uh I to answer GTP's uh, question, yes, I am keeping it for the time being. It's for, just for the streaming because you can just offload that onto Shadow and it just makes things so much easier to to stream from it. But uh, I I I'm not confident how long this is going to go. I think this is just the the slow decline into uh, Shadow just going 
business to business and getting to use the tech because it's uh, that that price point is just pushing. And I, I totally get Bill's point. It probably does need to be higher as well to, to start making the profit. But the $30, $30 mark, you're into uh, buying PCs if you, you multiply it over the year and things like that. Uh, it's, I think it's if you're if you're paying by uh, finance i'm talking about uh it's it's just getting too high in my opinion yeah fair enough thanks duncan how about you hell monkey what's your take on this uh shadow news and do you see them bouncing back from this more questions than answers at this point <laughs> for me yeah they haven't shied away from business to business they did say very ever so slightly, they tried to sneak it in there and think we wouldn't uh, wouldn't pick up on it. But Yanis did say that the rigs that aren't getting used by the consumers will be used for business, yeah, because they can sell them to the business and make more money than they can from the consumer. Uh, there's so many factors to take in here. So, like, if you went out and just straight up put down money for the rig that you get from Shadow Boost, um. Straight up front, it's going to cost you the best part of a thousand bucks, thousand pounds, give or take here and there. Um, to finance it over the year, you're, you're ever so slightly cheaper. It's not, it's not too much of a difference. Um, Shadow as a virtual PC is really good on the on the boost side, but for gaming, that 1080 ain't cutting the games that's coming out these days. It's just that you're not going to get the same as you would get locally. Whereas what we see with other virtual uh, PCs are more focused on the gaming, we're getting better GPUs and uh, you know better RAM, better memory, and it's it's running games at fourteen forty. That GeForce GTX ten eighty equivalent is going to get you a decent enough ten eighty sixty FPS. Um, I don't, I don't know where they go. I just don't know what's going to happen. It's the the community is divided straight down the middle yeah. right now. Yeah. Some are yeah. saying. Like we are, the thirty bucks is still a good price for what you're getting, and then others are just flat out not happy. They don't want to spend a penny more. Um, I don't know. I just, just gotta wait and see. We just gotta wait and see what happens. But I would err on the side of because of who's took them over and Octave Claver and the history he has with business to business with OVH Cloud. I just see it leaning towards that side as the as the months. Uh, passes by yeah you know good good thing that you said i remember when chief was on here and uh we kind of broke the shadow news and the new buyer and the first thing he said was he felt like shadow's dead <laughs> he was like this is the end but i was like what are you talking about they found the buyer and he was so set on that and it's in a way i i do see the consumer to consume part um, business to consumer part being gone and i see the business to business part being where this company's heading right i think you guys are all right with that right so again this 30 dollars i think is to see like who from the gaming side would be okay with paying 30 for a 1080 rig and I think what you're going to see is a lot of people, I mean, we're getting out comments all the time. You're reading it here in the chat about people just leaving the platform. I think they're going to like win all those people out. And then, you know, once that's done, um, focus on the business to business part of things. 
but it's it's kind of a bummer because we've all said it here. This is one of the best version PCs for cloud gaming. Yes, it's not, you know, GeForce Now. There's, there's a, lot, a lot of things that I don't like about the service, like Bill was saying, have to wait for downloads and patches and stuff like that. But if you're looking for a version PC, I believe Shadow is the best to ever do it. So it's kind of a bummer that that is going to be gone if um for gaming at least if they do decide to cut that part out but overall they were you know saying we got news kind of hyping it up a little and i don't think like this re- i don't know if they were expecting this reaction but monkey like you were saying this split down the middle some people like i'm done i'm closing i'm out um and some people like okay 30s not bad at least we still have shadow but the, th- the thing is, I don't see Shadow dying. Like Shadow will be around. What what I see happening is the ones that stick around and want to pay that thirty bucks for that rig, they will get that rig. What they're going to do is they're just going to the other ones that's not getting used. They're just going to use that for business. Yeah. So I think if you want to pay that for that, you're going to have that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. That that's my take. That's my take anyway. True. So that's the shadow news again gtp thanks for breaking that down so for those of you guys who haven't watched a gtp's videos or else with the shadow news go check it out a little bit more detail there but yeah i felt like it was a good overview as to what's happening with that platform so before we move on to xcloud anyone else want to add anything to shadow all right cool so xcloud news uh, some games released. We have Snow Runner. Um, we have Zombies, Planet vs. Zombies uh, Battle of Neighborville. Oh, I don't know too much about Planet of Zombies. I know it has a huge cult following. Um, but yeah. Um, and I would say this, a game this is The Cash. I think that, I don't know when that came out. But those are, I would say, the two or three games. That came out for the xCloud platform this week. Again, panel, if I'm missing one, just let me know. But anyone excited about those games? Anyone play them? Anyone pick them up? We know SnowRunner, we talked about that, I think, released in GFIS now this week. Um, so where did you guys pick that one up? And again, are you guys excited about that? So I'm just going to open it up to the members. Anyone can hop on and just talk about your experience with xCloud this week. Yeah, no, I think me and GTP share the same opinion on SnowRunner. That's um, it's not a good experience on XCloud. Uh, it's, it's locked at thirty frames, but you're not getting thirty frames all the time. Um, the latency is so bad; it's really hard because you're you're running around in muck, basically, um, trying to deliver cargo and stuff. And I really like this type of game, and I was waiting for it to land on. Game Pass because you just expect everything to come to Game Pass these days and it did so I was excited and then it slowly faded away because it performed so poorly um, as for the rest of the games they don't catch my eye it's not the best week, I was more excited about the touch control games that came for, uh, for the cloud on Android um, so yeah can can I ask a question with um, the question I asked previously? Should people be excited about xCloud, really? Because when we talk about it here, 
all I hear is performance is an issue and it doesn't run well. So like if a game is coming to the platform, should people even be excited for it mm. if performance is an issue most of the time when it comes not to running right Cloud? Yeah, not right now. I think um, not until they upgrade the blades. Unless, unless you, if you haven't gamed before, you haven't experienced Stadia, GFN, Lua, xCloud might be the best thing since sliced bread but for us that have experienced the tech that stayed in gfn's got xcloud just ain't cut right now it's just so i'm glad there. you yeah i'm glad you said that we're not talking about the future we know the series x blade is coming out right and that's going to change things hopefully but right now with the performance of xcloud should you guys should we should people be excited about games releasing on that platform right now well it totally depends on the games you know if i want to play peggle 2 on my mobile i'll, I'll run smooth i'll be happy with it if i was going to play outriders or i don't know another game that's more high demand and it's going to run like crap so mlb right gta red dead online yeah right. so for all the mobile friendly touch controls it'll be great to have that type of experience older games on mobile but the way a lot of people are looking for cloud now we want we want the most high graphic games available with high frame rates and i don't think xbox is going to offer that anytime soon and i think the first time we're going to see this is with halo infinite do you think that's when the series x blade will i think that, i think that's when x clouds will be serious okay okay fair enough gtp what's your take on this man i'm not confident yet they'll be able to roll out enough series x blades in time for halo infinite but i will hold hope because they still are promising series x blades in 4k by the end of the year but i do think we're going to see that slip into spring 2022 um just mostly like because everybody knows you can't buy hardware even these big companies loaded with money can't get their hands on hardware so we'll have to see what happens with that um Look, all these cloud gaming services are in different stages of their life. We're one thing, we're in the beginning of cloud all together, like with it actually getting to a point that there's millions of players or that uh, the interest is there for it, that internet infrastructure is getting there. Um, it's really cool. X, uh, X Cloud is no primetime service yet. It is not there. It is a reason why it's 100% free for you to try. Um, you are not paying for that. That's added to your Game Pass Ultimate subscription for no additional charge. When people often ask if they'll be able to pay for xCloud by itself down the line, yeah, of course you will when it is an actual service that's out for the masses. It's not in beta, and it's at that quality they would want it to be. I expect you're going to see all these different tiers, and you're going to see an xCloud only. But there's a reason why it's just chucked in with your Xbox Game Pass subscription or your Game Pass Ultimate. Because, like, here, if you want to see where we're headed, if you want to get a little taste of what's coming, here it is. Um, but it's not ready yet. So I wouldn't recommend anybody be too excited to just jump over and go play an entire game on xCloud. Although I did play through Gears of War Ultimate on xCloud, and I thought it was optimized extremely good. It's one of the best games I've played on uh, xCloud for me. Somebody else stays away or in another country could load that up and it'd be a completely different experience. But the videos I made for GTA 5 and Gears of War Ultimate, they ran almost flawlessly, even though they were at 30 FPS, they were solid. And they didn't have bitrate drops and issues. Um, if you go on the Halo Master Chief collection and jump in Halo, the bitrate drops to keep the stream smooth are just 
your eyes like the little bit of blood comes out the corner <laughs> when you're trying to watch it. Um, so there's crap. games like that, but it's chucked in because it's not there yet. Not everybody has access, and I know we're not necessarily talking about the future, but this is not a service that I can even compare to any other services because its primetime product isn't out yet. Um, you know, I think it's going to be one of the top, if not absolutely the top cloud gaming service by the end of the year or rolling into next spring because they have the content. So what excites me about seeing all these games come to the service is the way Microsoft has put their infrastructure together with Xbox One, 360, the original Xbox, the series, um, and all of that. They're going to be able to flick a switch when those blades are ready, and these games will go 60 FPS, whatever they need them to go for resolution. It's going to be an instant switch to where all this content is going to be boosted, just like they do on the consoles now. And that's what's really exciting. So I don't get excited to play stuff now, but I'm really excited to play stuff uh, down the line when it's there. But it is, it is not ready for prime time yet. Okay. Thanks for your input there, for sure. How about you, Bill? What's your take on um, just xCloud? And do you think people should be excited right now to be getting games on, on this platform? Uh, no, not yet. Um, I think that it, it's not available for a lot of people right now. Like you can't like I have I don't have an Android device, so I can't even try it. Uh, and and I, I'm not in the, the the beta test, so I can't I can't try that uh, either. So I, I think that it's super early access and I haven't used it. But everything that you guys keep saying uh, about like the performance issues I mean, can you play games that are on like the 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 Xbox One X, and yeah. do they run well? Yeah, I was going to add that. See the the sort of older games, um, they do run far better than the likes of a Red Dead Online or a SnowRunner. Okay, um, so so that's a that's yeah. a good thing. That like the the idea that look the reason that you're getting this poor performances because they're just running it on old hardware yeah, right uh that that's good to know uh, i wasn't sure if it was like a bandwidth uh issue or something like that because again i'm unable to use it uh i think that i, I do think that xcloud could be I, I know don't talk about the future i'm going to talk about the future anyway that's what happened <laughs> You're good. um i think that xcloud could really do well because it has exactly what you were saying before the content there and you know if anybody has the the money to take care of the infrastructure thing it's microsoft um but i almost look at that as i don't look at xcloud as a as a streaming only platform i look at it as i have an xbox and i'm going to use xcloud when i'm away from my x from my xbox that like that's how i look at it Whereas when you look at something like Stadia, like that's something where you're like, okay, well, this is the only thing that I have. Uh, you look at something like GeForce Now, it's something that you use when you're away from your computer. Um, I, I feel like X, xCloud's a different animal. Nicely said. Good point. Let's get to you, Duncan. You're taking this. Yeah. 
There's a couple of points I want to make. It's the first of all, with with the actual streaming, we're not talking about the how the game runs. We're just talking about the general streaming, how it actually performs. I have said this, and it continues to be the case that that runs the best for me at this moment in time. It is that and G G F N are basically neck and neck on just pure streaming without the drops or the pixelation and things like that. I have maybe just looked out where I am in, in the world. Can you really say that about Northern Ireland? Probably not. <laughs> no, but uh, but. That way, I think we must be near servers or something along that line because it is working really, really well in in that regard. Uh, so I, I must be one of the lucky ones because over the last couple of months, Salaria performance for me has majorly went down. It's getting I'm getting loads of pixelation and things like that, but that's besides the point. Uh, I, I I think. At this moment in time, if you're going to say recommend a cloud service to go to, xCloud is not in the conversation at this moment in time because the the, the performance issues in, in the games itself and the lack of the SSDs straight away just become apparent because getting in the games is just so long now and compared to the other platforms, uh, it, it's not the case. Again, we're just going to be looking to the future with uh Clyde and with the news which uh, Jez Gordon, I have to say his name right, broke today. Uh, I think that is something to keep an eye on going forward is that they're actually limiting the Series X uh, processors to actually put into the Clyde, and with them testing it in Seattle at the moment, I think we're a lot closer with the Series X maybe coming out than, than we realize. So they said that they are currently testing the Series X blades in the cloud, right? Yep, and they're and part of the reasons why the, there's not many Series Xs out there is because they're holding onto the chips to oh. pro, to put into the cloud as well. Interesting. So, so I, I think we we may not get a full rule light of the Series X to absolutely everybody, but I think we are going to get it uh, this year to wide. Uh, Range of people, i.e., the states again. So I think that's nailed on for the states. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's going to be exciting to say again. We're talking about now, but yeah, we've all said here the future from XCloud or Game Pass is is going to be incredible, right? Once they get the tech to match the catalog of games they have in there. Go ahead, Holtz. But I thought I, mean, I thought XCloud ran really well. I've tested like likes of Skyrim, Fable. Um... Forza Motorsport, Forza Horizon. You know, I've played loads of different genres and it's just run smooth for me. And I'm glad that I've got these games that I can take on a mobile experience. I'm an Android user, so I'm lucky I can play them on the go. And I've never had a problem. Yeah, true. And again, like Duncan was saying, it all depends. And that's a beautiful thing or a bad thing about cloud gaming, right? One service can work for you, one can be terrible for you. So it's all about like, experiencing and trying multiple things and seeing which one works the best for you but yeah guys we are looking at the time and man this was really fun again it's always fun just chatting up with the panel about the cloud gaming news for this week um bill we love you i loved your input here so thank you so much for sharing and just giving you a take in the cloud gaming news this week 
um, but I do want to give members a chance to just plug the channels and let people know what they do and where they can find you. I'm going to post all the links of panel members in the description so you guys can find them as well. So to get started, JTP, what do you do, sir? And where can people find you? hate when you start with me. Um, <laughs> Game Tech Planet on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, go join up on Discord as well if you want to jump in on some, some giveaways. We're doing two copies of Biomutant right now. Uh, you'll be able to get those on launch day if you win. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just cloud console PC, news, comparisons, gameplay, how-tos, all that stuff. Guys, check out that, that giveaway. I can't, <laughs> I can't say too much about that game, but trust me, you want that game. Unreleased. You want that you game. You want that game. <laughs> Duncan, uh, tell people about you. Where can people find you? What do you do? I just had embargo, 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 and all that sort of stuff. Uh, uh, but... Uh, you can check out the credit games we're we're doing. We're actually reorganizing things. We're cutting down our live shows. We're putting a lot. We're going to be putting out a lot more uh, gameplay and stuff like that. So check that out. Uh, we're we're going to be mixing things up, and we've got a couple of things up our sleeves. Awesome, awesome. Again, link is going to be in the description. Appreciate having you, Duncan. How about you, Holtz? What do you do? Where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter, Holtz86, if you want to come and say hi. And I'm just testing a lot of games of late. And my, I was looking around for my controller. And when GTP said he was giving away Biomutants, my ears perked up. I was like, ooh, I definitely have to head over to people's Discords and join that. <laughs> it's something that I want. I'm looking forward. Great. Yeah, you definitely want to sign up for that. But Bill, big fan of yours, been watching um, when you guys were originally stated cast for the longest and now Nerd Nest. Love the um, stated cast podcast every Sunday. You guys do an incredible job for the stadia community, cloud game community. So love having you on the show. Appreciate you being here. But tell people what you do and where they can find you. Well, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. And it was a really fun conversation uh gtp you and i can we can fight about things <laughs> later okay uh you can find me at nerdnest.tv uh on youtube uh well it's just nerdnest.tv will take you to the youtube channel and uh i'm at run jump stomp on twitter and i just started a new uh a, a new channel it's not really a new channel it's it's my channel that i've had for I don't know, since I started on YouTube, but I've never posted anything there. I just started doing like Apple like tech videos and stuff like that because I'm, I'm an Apple guy. Uh, nice. So you can if you look on YouTube for my name, then you'll you'll find me over there as well. But thank you guys for having me. I had fun. Awesome. Awesome. Again, thanks for being here. All this members and also Ben, the people who are not here, their link is going to be in the description below. Again, appreciate you guys. We'll be back on here next Saturday at 2 p.m. PST. Again, we'll be talking about the cloud gaming news for the week. All right, fellas, appreciate you guys. Thank you for watching. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Later. <laughs>